Okay, so here we are, Parshas Blechelcha. This is our official Parsha class as opposed to all the 17 times we did Parsha this week. Um, I want to start off and, and also <coughs> highlight that today is the 11th day of the month of Cheshvan. And today is Rachel Yimenu's yard site. Today? Today is Rachel Yimenu's yard site. It was last night and today. And I um, you know that the prophet promises Rachel. Anybody remember what is the problem? Yeah. The Gulam, that her children will come back to the borders. <coughs> so, our learning should be a source <laughs> for her children to come back to their borders um, in safety and whole in body and spirit. Those who were taken, those who are fighting for a right to be here. Um, so yeah, this is her yard site, and it's definitely worth a chance to to think about that and to to reflect on that. I think on a on a on a uh, like a more zoomed out situation also, like all of us sitting around this table are part of that the Shavuban and the Gulan as well. Like we're all part of um, the children who are coming back to the borders. But we want it to be also for those who we know are in way worse situations um, and they should also come back safely to the borders. Okay, so here we are, it's Parshas Lech Lecha, and we have a lot of stuff going on in the Parsha, right? We have, uh, we, we talk about, just if you get to, if I say something and you said we've already covered that in class, then just let me know. If it's something you know from before, then let me repeat, but if it's something we covered in class, let's, let, let me deal with it. So, um, uh, so we start off and we're introduced to Avram and Sarai. They're not Abraham and Sarah yet. That's going to happen at the end of the Parsha. They're going to have their names changed. Spoiler, I know. Um, they're going to have their names changed at the end of the Parsha. Um, and, uh, and, and we know, just to back, I want to actually want to preface with one more thing. Um, in the Hayyim Yayim, it talks about the idea that Gracious starts off as a joyous Parsha, but it ends off, because eh, the world gets pretty terrible at the end of Parshas Barashas. And then Noyach starts off with the flood, which is like not so cool, but it ends up with the birth of Avraham. And that Lechacha is actually the first truly joyous month because every single day we're walking with Avraham, the first Jew. And so there's something about this, this Parsha that's very, very, um, it's very joyous and very special. And so we're gonna have this, so that's, that's one thing. Now the other thing that I wanna mention, but I'm going to just mention it here because I'm going to try to just keep moving forward, is that Hasidus talks about Lech Lecha, not just as Avram's journey, but Hasidus talks about that Avraham and, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sometimes mess up and call them Avraham, but really now they're still only Avram and Sarai, but they actually represent the body and the soul. And Avram is representative of the soul. And the whole parsha of Lech Lecha is actually the journey of the soul as it gets embodied, and as it has to, all the things that we're learning about Avram, that he needs to leave his father's home and his, you know, his birthplace and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff, there's also an injunction to the soul to say, why do we go from point A to point B? It's not a joke. I'm just, like, why do we go any place? Because we have a marriage. 
Because we have an urge. Okay, because we have an urge. But the, but really, why do we leave a place? We don't know. We never, like, we have a date. No, but. Yes, correct. I'm not talking about, the, I'm saying practically speaking. I'm not talking mystically speaking. I'm saying practically speaking. Why do we leave someplace? Because we need Because we're done. Because we're done. Because there's something there. Shalot totally. It's not so good for me there anymore. And I'm going to go someplace else. Maybe that will be the answer. Maybe that will not be the answer. But when we say to the soul, you're with God. What could not be good about that? What possible gain could there be for the soul? Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, what are you going to go for? What are you going to do? What, is, what possible gain could there be for the soul? And all the chassidists that we've been learning and talking about is, the, is this power of mitzvahs that we do in this world, a body and a soul together. When we do mitzvahs, we not only affect the world, but we also affect the soul. And the soul goes back, hopefully after... You know, the Baal Shem Tov talked about 70, 80 years, but, uh, but uh, that's like without penicillin and running water. So, like, we get, like, for sure, like 120 healthy years, you know. For, right? For, for the soul, the body and the soul to work together so the soul goes back, like, more sparkling. Like, the soul isn't coming down here to come back as it was. That would be a waste of time for the soul. But if the soul can come down here, have an impact on the body that is housing it and the world in which it interacts with, then when the soul goes back, that's like, wow. That's like, the, the soul's going to get a hero's welcome. So when we talk about the journey of Avraham and Sarai, and they're going to end up going down to Egypt, and they're going to go not just to good places, they're going to go to uh, places. So then we have to also have in the back of our head, this is also talking about the soul and where our soul goes and the journey that it takes and what is the point of it all. The point of it all is for the soul to be enhanced and for the, the soul to be enriched um, and to come back after, like I say, 120, 150 healthy years, um, having said, wow, that was, that was a tough job, but that was super rewarding. So really, we don't go from point A to point B because we're done somewhere and like have something else. It's like... What? It's, it's to... It's part of the journey of transforming. Correct. Right. So, so in Hayyayim, it also talks about the idea that Hashgacha practice takes us wherever we have something that we need to do. Right? And a tzaddik, who knows what they need to do, go places purposefully. There's a very, there's a very famous story about these women who, um, they were coming back from a convention in the Midwest, and shocking but true, there was a snowstorm, and they couldn't get out. They are grounded someplace. And so they called, they called, the Rebbe's secretary, and they said, we're stuck here. And the Rebbe, they actually got that. What should we do? We're stuck here. This is the days before phones, and they're like calling on the payphone, right? So they got the answer. There's no such thing as being stuck. You're there for a reason. It could be that externally you think there was a snowstorm. This is my editorializing, right? That there's a snowstorm, and therefore, um, that's why you're stuck there. But your women who just came back from a convention of inspiration, who's waiting for you to find them in the airport? Um, I, that's not the exact you know, words that the Rebbe said, but it was a message, something to that line. And the women were like, oh yeah, right. And they started going around the airport talking to whoever they could find about lighting Shabbos candles. And there are people who were stayed in touch with some of these women for many, many years. And that was their first encounter. Like, we're never any place for no reason. You know, we have enough Balshenta stories to say we're here, to make a bracha on the street. So we, most of us around the state of Ohio, go out on a limb and say that most of us are not super tzaddikim to know exactly where to go to elevate, but yes, like, like, like Malki was saying, 
we, we don't know why we're going. We're, we're going for a reason. Yes, we, our soul is pulling us someplace, but our external factors, because there's something about it that, for whatever reason, we're ready to move on. So that's like the physical thing, but really, spiritually, we've done our to here, and we're going to move on to someplace else where we have something else to do. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I don't want to repeat stuff. Yeah, this, we did go over the start of the war. Okay. We, don't go, we didn't go through the war. Okay, so I want to, so I want to, I want to I look at first for a second. Okay, so first, beginning of Lech Lecha. Okay, did we discuss about um, what happened in Avram's life? We talked with Gila about what happened the immediate, previous to Avram's life, how he found Hashem. We talked about that? Yeah. No. How yeah. you found Hashem? Okay, so... Not with Gila. Not with Gila. Okay, so, okay, so I want to just... Very quickly. The first introduction that we have of Hashem talking to Avram is when he's 75 years old. Right? So, this is the first thing we hear. Lechelcha, Hashem says to Avram, Lechelcha, the whole... I'm not going to go into the whole... We've done that many, many times. But it says, Hashem's going to make you a great, a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and whoever blesses you will, you will bless, and da-da. And... And, and right, and and he says that Avram's seventy-five years old over here. So he's looking verse four. It says that Avram leaves, like Hashem told him, and Vayelach ito Lot, and Lot goes with him. And Avram is seventy-five years old when he leaves Haran. Okay, and then the next pasuk tells us again that Avram takes Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their stuff and their things, blah, 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 right? And they start to go to the land of Canaan and they come to the land of Canaan. Okay, so I want to point out two things. First of all, if you notice in, the Pasuk, in verse 4, Pasuk Dalid, where's Lot's place in this conversation? It's, it's not so clear. Right? It looks like he goes with him, it's right? Lotus seems to be tagging along with him. Yeah. We know from, you went to the, you did the last week's Parsha with the whole Rashi over there, right? Yeah. Right? So we know that Lot's father uh, died in Orkazdin, right? And, but we don't know when Hashem says to Avram, leave your father's house. Why does he take his family with him? Who's, he's, who's, who's part of that father's house? Yeah. So the first thing that we see is that Lot is putting himself into the picture, right? Lot is putting himself into the picture, and if you, right, Lot goes with him. Avram's going, and Lot's going. So is it Lot's choice to go with him? So that's what it looks like. Come on, we're all going. It does, no. So the first thing that we hear in Tyra is Lot goes with Avram, and the next passage is like Avram gathers the troop, gathers the troops, and who's first on Avram's list? Sarai, his wife, Mm -hmm. and then Lot. And then everything else, right? So as opposed to when Terah started his move, he started with taking his sons and the, the, the girls were far down on the list. But, but, um, but so once it looks like from the Psukim that Lot makes the first move towards following Abraham, he goes with him. And then Abraham's like, yeah, okay, let's go. You know, we're all, we're all going, we're all going on, this, on this journey. Um, and the Medrash has a very, very interesting... It's a lot of super interesting Madrashim, but the Medrash says a very interesting thing that, well, you know, Hashem doesn't tell Avram where he's going. He says, go to the land I'm going to show you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, the, so the Medrash says that Hashem took Avram sort of like 
on a world tour-ish, like for, for Mesopotamia time. And he's like, what land, what area do you think you would like to stay in? And he goes to Orkazdim and he sees the people there are like, eat, drink, and be merry. And like, this is all there is and everything's fine. And he, Abram's like, no, 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 this is, this is no, no, this is not my place. This is not my place. It's not the place for me and my children. This is not my place. He takes him to Tzor, which is Tyre, which is upper Lebanon. And there he sees the people are planting and they're harvesting and they're gathering and they're doing And I was like, that's it. I want to be in the place where people are being productive, where people are, you know, focused. Not just like, oh, party, Netflix, you know, like that, that, no. Go someplace where we're going to be productive. And then the Gemara has, sorry, then, and then the Medjur has a whole continued conversation. The Gemara also picks up the conversation, what kind of work is a person supposed to do? And so they talk about, you know, manual labor or um, more intellectual, but the highest level of work that a person is supposed to do, shocking but true, is, uh, huh, is Torah, a male in the Torah. The, what, and it says that a person, yeah. that a person is made to toil. Well, what kind of toil should a person be doing? So there are, so they either something with your hands, being productive in that manner, but also this place of the speaking and the intellectual creativity. But the highest level is really when we can channel that, that work for doing something for Hashem, right? We're, we're going to channel our, our, our you know, to be a male in the Torah, to really like be toiling in Torah. Um, and, and it's just so interesting because when you talk about what sort of like Jewish traits that you see, we see lots of Jewish, um, not exclusive, not only, but you see lots of Jewish creativity and, and it, tr- doing this and being this and forefront of this. And the, this is something that Avram gave us all, like this need to be doing something, right? Um, and what's very interesting is that like, really, Hashem could have made the world anyway. So, like, why choose that as the paradigm? Like, why couldn't we just sort of be happy sitting on the beach and drinking Mai Tai? Like, wh- why not? Like, wouldn't yeah, that be cool? Like, we'd really be happy with that? It's the same thing when we discussed with Esther. Why does bring love has to actually happen? Why people are not created? Like, why, like, Hashem has been created that way? Why does Hashem created that way, right? Yeah. And part of the conversation is that we know that back to Adam, Adam and Chava, that they were put in the garden, Hashem says, be a partner with me in creation. And the place that we get to be emulating God the most is in that place where we are working to perfect the world. And so, you know, he could have done it anyway. And how many times was I, couldn't I just get all this information in my head? Couldn't you just like have some, like I could download the Sitter app? Like, could I just download like... <laughs> I know all of everything, like, and then I'll just work with that. No, that's that's not where we actually get true satisfaction. That's not actually where we partner in creation when we just sort of sit back and get a spoon fed to us. And so therefore, this place of the the need to be productive is actually something that Avram gave us. So that's one thing that I wanted to just point out. Okay. Um, so to answer that question, Lot's place was to... So Lot, Lot decides to go with Avram. Right. What was Remember, his grandfather, his grandfather's going to live in Haram for many more years. Right. So his place was to, uh, Lot's place to go was to, um, like his purpose to go was... I think, it's inter- well, it's interesting. It's very interesting because if you actually think about Lot another minute, mm-hmm. Lot sort of follows Avraham, but he never totally buys into the Avram vision. Right. Sort of like his grandfather, who left or caused him, but didn't make it to Haram. Mm-hmm. 
right? We have it, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we discussed right? So like, there's a place where Terach, on, there's many ways you can look at any situation, but you look at Terach at a certain level, he's like, once this whole showdown with Avram and Nimrod goes on, and he's like, oh, this is, maybe I was on the wrong side, so he starts to leave, but he somehow doesn't make it to the end goal. He doesn't make it to Canaan. He, he leaves the first place, but he doesn't go all the way. And so Lot, on a certain level, is going to continue with Avram, but he also, we're going to see the choices that he makes in this parsha. He doesn't totally buy into the Avram vision. Right, it was a carry-on from his... But, and maybe that's a genetic carry-on. Gen- a genetic carry-on. That he has. So, so there's a place where he's like, I'm there, but... Uh, I'm not quite there. But, but, yeah. but not all the way. But not yeah. all the way, right? I'm on, I'm on that path, but I'm not yeah. totally on that path. Um... I want to say one more thing. Kirkyavis tells us that Avram was tested with 10 different tests. Doesn't tell us what the tests are, but it tells us that he was tested with 10 tests. And the Pirkadir Abeliezer, which is one version of Medrash, and, um, and another, the Sefer Mitzvah Skuddle, they have different counts of what the actual tests were. Some of them count the stuff from before Lechelcha as part of his test, and some of them count Lechelcha as the first test. We're not going to get into the whole conversation now, but I want to pause for a second just to think about because I think it's just so fascinating like here's Avraham I think it's also relevant for us here's Avraham what is he doing he's teaching the whole world about monotheism right who can he not get on board his family his own family his father his father his nephew like at the end of the day Avraham Avinu he leaves with Terah. They're starting that journey, and at a certain point, Hashem's like... <laughs> it's kind of like Noah again. Like how Noah was kind of supposed to convince people to come with him. It didn't work. What, no, so Adam convinces a lot. That's the difference. Adam convinces a lot of people. No, but it's similar that, like... Adam get, no, no, only gets his family. No, only gets his family. Adam gets everybody but his family. So that... I, I'm going to say that. But he, bring, he brings his family with him. Part way. Part of the way. He gets him out of step A, but he never gets him to Canaan. <laughs> he drops them. No, he doesn't drop them. He says, leave them. No, he doesn't drop them as much as, like. He moves on. Hashem's like, that. that I, I'm putting up. Yeah. I'm putting in the words, but, like, their journey and your journey have to pause. To, it's not a, a journey that you're going to take together. This is a journey where. You need to be able to say, okay, you do you, mm-hmm. but that's not where I'm going to stay. Wait, then why did he have to take them the first part of the journey? He did. Terach took them. Did you do this? Yeah. You did this. No, but let's, let's, let's go. Terach, just look back again. Let's say. Terach took them from took, right? Right now. Last week, chapter 11, in the end of Noah, chapter 11, verse 31, Terach takes Avram, his son, and Lod, and the. Okay, but where where are they going? They're trying to get to the land of Canaan. Terach does the first move. Where? Give me chapter and verse. Chapter and verse. Give me chapter and verse. No, no, that's wrong. Wrong chapter. Go back a chapter. Last week, the end of, of Noah, the end of Noah, last week, chapter no. 11, Why does verse 31. Wait, wait, wait. Why does Tarek want to go to Canaan? 
no, no. So it's very says, interesting. Wait, wait, wait. It says the possessions that they had acquired and the souls they had made. You're too far. Run, you're too far. No, no, no. You're too. They, go. The possessions that they got. Malki, go back. You're that's a, you're in Lech Lecha. Go back to Noah. Go to the end of Noah, and we see Terah starts this journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terah well, starts this journey. Interesting thing. Interesting yeah, thing. The Sfas the says everybody's bothered by this question. Why Avram? Right, because we don't have any. Later on, we're gonna have all these amazing reasons why Avram, why Avram, right? Like we don't have any quite Like why Avram? Why do we have like Hashem says to Avram, go and make your great nation? Like why? So the Sfas Emes actually says a very interesting thing. There was a call to everybody oh. to follow God, <laughs> and two people heard and responded: Avram and Terach. Oh. So why does Terach pick up? Because most of the world population said that was a crazy dream I just had. Like, right, right, right. what have you, what have you been smoking that you think God spoke to you? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what the Sfasemi says. So that's what the Sfasemi says. The Sfasemi says that Hashem, there was a calling out into the world to everybody. Come, come, follow God. Come, and I will lead you. And most people said. Oh, it must have been something I ate. <laughs> you know, that doesn't agree with me. Two people answer. Terach starts to move, and Avram starts to move. That's so interesting. Right? Yeah, but, but, then, Terech, but then, but Terech, then, Terech, but then, but then Terach's like, this is as far as I could take it. Whoa. And yeah. Avram's like, yalla, we got to keep moving. Yeah. Which Whoa. is so powerful because there's so many, you know, the different, the Gemara, and the, they talk about how a Vasco goes out every single day and says, Shuvu Banam Shayuvim, children come back to me. Children come back to me. That means, are we in tune with something that Hashem says to us all the time? And how, you know, yes. is it, can we hear it as a message to us? Lech can you come to yourself, find your place in Hashem, in Torah? That's, can we be the, 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 the crazy people, let's say? Who don't just say, oh man, I must have smoked something terrible, but like, who said, oh, no, this is real. This is something that I really want to do. And can we answer that call? That would be very powerful. Malky. That is so cool that like Hashem always provides you opportunity. Like, he doesn't provide you the result, he provides you the tools. The same thing when, like, we're the only ones who accepted the Torah. Like, exactly. exactly. That's what, that's what Hashem says. Offers. The and, Sussex uses that yeah, as exact same thing. We saw the potential in this, and that's what, like... Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. now what I really wanted to talk about today, and I'm so glad you covered most of the other parts, is I want to talk about one of the super crazy stories in the Torah. Okay? Mm-hmm. We got lots of... I mean, if you had to make this up, like, you couldn't make it up, okay? <laughs> so chapter 12, verse 10, and 11, and 12, and 13. Who's going to read for us? Crazy... A, 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 a wild partial story. Go. There was a famine in the land, and Abram descended to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. Okay, pause a second. According to Nachmanides, according to Ramban, well, according to most people, this, this, Abram comes to the land that God promised him and said, you're going to be great here, and he gets there, and there's a famine. That's a test. What are you going to do? According to Nachmanides, Abram's choice was the wrong choice. Abram's choice was supposed, he was supposed to stay. He should have stayed and trusted Hashem. That's Nachmanides' opinion, but what does Adam actually do? Uh, and it occurred, as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, See now, I have known that you are a woman of beautiful appearance. Oh, yeah. And it shall occur when the Egyptians will see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, um, but you will 
but they, but you they will not live. Please say that you are my sister, that it may go well with me for your sake, and that I may live on account of you. Now, pause. Does this sound like a man of faith? Avram Avinu? As like, does this sound like a cool thing for anybody to do? Just say you're my sister and it's going to be cool for me. Like, <laughs> really, really not so cool, right? Um, and, and then what actually happens? So have a keep reading. But it occurred with Abraham's coming to Egypt that the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. When the officials of Pharaoh saw her, they lauded her for Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. And he treated Abraham well for her sake, and he acquired sheep, cattle, donkeys, slaves, and maid servants, female donkeys, and animals. Keep going. But Hashem afflicted Pharaoh along with his household with severe plagues because of the matter of Sarai, the wife of Abraham. Pharaoh summoned Abraham and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she is your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I would take her as my wife? Now here is your wife. Take her and go. So Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they escorted him and his wife and all that was his. Okay, so basically, um, the end of the story is that, uh, that uh, the Pharaoh kicks him out of the land. Right? Kicks him out. Yeah, Egypt. What's that? What's that? Egypt yeah. is not safe. Egypt is not safe. But um, but but uh, so like it's not it's not a super moral country. So he wants to make sure that get them out of our country, and then whatever happens, then happens. But in our country, nothing should happen. Then can I just say this is such a weird story? <laughs> it's like so, not. It's not just like it's not a piece. Not, it's not only. only it's not only like it's not a PC story. It's like it's just a. There's nothing right about the story. So, so then what do we do with that? Okay, so the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna back up, we're gonna to go to the Medrash. And the Medrash wants to know, how long were they in Egypt? Because we just read five, six, seven verses. Like, how long does this actually, there was a famine. what's the story? There was, there was what's the story? Famine. They have their famine, they go down to Egypt, then she gets taken, like, what's the whole thing going on? And Rashi also talks about that when it, that part that Avram coming to, to Egypt, it's in singular form. He came to Egypt, then all of a sudden they found Sarah. Now the whole so so the Medrash. First of all, two things in the Seder Olam. There's a book that has like the the the, the definitive Jewish chronology. It says that Avram and Sarah were in Egypt for three months. Okay. Now you read these quick and it's like today, tomorrow, the next day, and then they're out of there, right? She comes, okay, she gets taken. But like practically speaking. What is this story? What's going on over here? And Medrash says, let's back up and see what's the story, okay? And then after that, when we get to the Zion, then it's going to be really wild. So, um, so, um, so the Medrash says that as they're getting closer to Egypt, Avram says, this is going to be a problem. You're very, very beautiful, and the Egyptians are going to take you. So let's do this. We need to go to Egypt. I'm adding the words via Medrash. We need to go to Egypt because there's a famine in the land of Canaan, right? We need to be there for a while, and we need to get food. Now, how do we end up having you having, like, what's the setup when we get there? So he says the Egyptians are, the Egyptians are quite immoral, but they have, like, their own set of rules. So... They won't, they won't take a married woman and just, and, and just and take her, but they would kill me and then take you. So how about if we set up home as a brother and a sister are coming here? 
where brother and sister, I'm adding here, where brother and sister, sister, sister refugees were coming down to find there's a famine, were coming. And now Adam also is hedging his bets. He doesn't want anybody to see her, really, because he's not interested in them. But in case this scenario comes up, let's do this. So, so the Medrash says, and Rashi brings the Medrash that I don't actually put her in a box, that they shouldn't see her. And they got to the customs, and this is what Rashi brings, and the customs said, what's in the box? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. They're like, open it up, what's there? And he's like, oh my gosh, this woman is beautiful. And they start talking her up to the pharaoh. Now, it looks from the psukim that they just took her from, from, you know, from the train station to the pharaoh's thing. But, but, the, but the measure says that the pharaoh's looking at this a little bit more strategically. And he says, this is queen material. This woman is queen, is queen material. But I can't just take like, you know, like all those stories of like they found an orphan underneath. Or like, how does she become queen? You have to somehow be a royal. I've got to, got to build her, 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 her cover a little bit. So it's, it, the measure says that Paro gave her land. He wrote, he deeded land to her. Anybody want to guess what land the pharaoh gives to Sarah? Anybody? Gossip. <gasps> Not Gaza. Gaza <laughs> <laughs> will come back to Gaza. <laughs> he gives her the land of Goshen. What do we know about the land of Goshen? Just later on. When the Jews come to when the brothers come down and Yosef the king, where does he settle them? In Goshen. And they already have the deed to the property because our great-grandmother got that property from the pharaoh. So he settles her, and now here's her brother. So let's make him rich. He becomes a prince. He becomes a missional melech. He becomes a second-in-command. And we're going to give him goats and sheep and blah, 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 blah. And he has to, like, figure out how to deal with them and get shepherds and things. And according to the Seder Olam, they're there for about three months. They're living quietly, doing their thing. They did pretty good for three months. They did pretty good for three months, right? They did pretty good. And then Pyro's like, okay, now we could bring her to the palace because now she's a respectable person, like my fair lady, but not really, right? Because she was, she was royal to begin with, right? Yeah. So, so now we can bring her to the palace. When she comes to the palace, now Pyro's already, I don't know, maybe he comes over for coffee every so often. I don't know what's been, what's, measure doesn't go into what's been going on all this time, but, but somehow she's, you know, a, but now she gets taken to the palace. And as soon, how does, how do the Egyptians know that whatever's going on in the palace is because of Sarah? Because she's been around Egypt for a while and they've been living their thing and all of a sudden today she comes to the palace and boom, everybody is stricken with, you know, lesions and their, their orifices close up and Rashi says the walls are peeling and everything's like, it, it's like a bad movie, right? So that, okay, that's clearly coming from Sarah. And then Pyro's like, what? She's not her, your sister? How, how could you tell me that she's your sister? She's not your sister. Okay, she's your wife. So now take everything that you've acquired over the last bunch of months and get out of here because we're not safe with her here. She's not safe just going back to Goshen and settling where you were because she sort of had this protection as, a king, as the king's interest. And now that's that? off. And so go and leave the country. So they leave... And they get all this, they have this wealth, and they have all this kind of stuff going on. You have a question. What? Like, I mean, I'm saying, like, what, what do you mean? She, what, I, don't, I don't understand uh, what is the explanation of, like, she brought something back to Egyptians. Like, what, oh, where, if you take a look. Where, where, does, it, where does it 
Look, take a look at the pasuk. Take a look at the pasuk. Take a look at the pasuk. I'll show you the pasuk. Um, uh, and household degree that's actually uh, okay. Sorry, but what, okay, so on the, okay, so Rashi says, so so the pasuk says, first verse seventeen that Hashem smites, which is such a good word that we don't use it often in conversation, right? He smote them with the ga'im gedolim with great plagues and his household Alvar Sarah Eishes Avram. Because of Sarai. And Rashi says, Advar Sarai, according to her words, she said to the Malach, hit this person, and the Malach hit this person. That's what Rashi said. I didn't make it up. Right? It's very clear that whether it's coming because of Sarah or be, by the mouth of Sarah, she's definitely the, she's the center of this hurricane that just hit the house. Question. But does nobody question why once Paro figured it out that they were not brother and sister, why then he didn't just kill Avram? He didn't need to kill her. He didn't, but because he, okay, two, a couple. So now, now I want to say two things and I'm going to get back to that question because that's going to answer the, okay. I want to just say, it's a weird thing for Avram still to say, to set up the scenario that you will set up this, this situation and I'll get rich because of you. But the, but the, but the Medrash says it's actually not so weird because we know the Gemara tells us that per, a man's wealth comes because of his wife. So Avram's like, this might be a, an opportunity for me to get the wealth that's coming through you. And so that's why, now what does Avram need wealth for? What does Avram need wealth for? To bring back to the I know, yes, but like, but why? Okay, we know that there's a, there's a principle in, in the Torah that whatever that happens to the forefathers is a signpost and or a giving of, of strength to the children. So Avram and Sarah, or Avram and Sarai at this point, are going to go down to Egypt. They're going to go, she's, Sarah's going to go into the palace, which is, you know, not so cool. They're going to come out unscathed. And they're going to come out with great riches, yeah, great wisdom, great riches. And this is it's this is the Exodus. This is the Exodus that happened in three months. What was the point? Yes, same question. What was the point of the Jews getting wealth out of Egypt? To build the A to build the Mishkan, but more than that. The, and it was revealing the sparks. Ding 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 ding. It was, it was taking all the sparks of holiness that had been hidden in all these riches. They're going to now take it. They're going to get it. Here's want to hear a real spoiler. Later on when there's a, again a famine, when Joseph is a king and he gathers all the wealth from the entire world, the measure says that he was gathering all those sparks so that the Jews could in one sw- fell swoop deal with it. So we talk about that the Jews who left Egypt elevated so many of these sparks. This, first of all, this is the, the, the um, what's it called? Like, um, not a, not a cur- when you practice, like a dress rehearsal. This is the dress rehearsal for the Jews going down to Egypt. They're going to go, they're going to come, they're going to do it, and they're going to leave. They made the path ready for them. Exactly, exactly. They cleared the path for them. They they cleared the path for them to be able to do this. Now, the other thing, and this is the, you know, this is the, such a wild thing from the Zohar, right? How did Avram, oh, I'm going to back up a second before I get to that. Um, If you take a look in verse 15, it says, Vatukah Haisha Beis Paro, that the woman was taken to the house of Paro. Now, this is going to be a stretch of your, of your, of your, of your Tanakh knowledge. What other woman in history is going to be taken to a king's Esther. palace? Esther. Esther is going to be taken to the king's palace, which is why they get this idea of the, so get the idea that Sarah is going to also be taken 
as a queen for 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 the, for. But this is also something that she's not really interested in doing. Now the question is, how does Avram? And this is where the Zohar steps in. How does Avraham let his sister be taken to the palace? So the Zohar says that Avram saw angels walking with Sarah and knew that she would be protected. For himself, he wasn't so he wasn't so sure, but he saw that she was protected by angels. It tells us that she in in Hasidus and Kabbalah talks about that Sarah was on a greater level than Avram. We're going to have it later on when Yishmael, next week when Yishmael is going to be is going to be with the, she has to say the way Yishmael and Hashem says to Avram, listen to her, listen to your voice. One of my favorite lines in the, in the whole Chumash, right? Whatever Sarah says, listen to her, right? So um, uh, Avram wasn't afraid for her. He wasn't afraid for her. Because he saw that she was protected. He wasn't so sure about himself. So he's co- trying to figure out, how do I get out of it? She, she's going to be taken care of. Um, and th- in fact, that's what happens. And I, and I want to just say, on a personal level, I think that one of the things that Avram is showing us is the way, not always, like there's a lot of times we're very happy to hide behind somebody who's going to protect us. But I think sometimes having that trust that we are able to take care of ourselves um, not just because somebody's too afraid to fight for us, but because somebody like really knows in our knows that we are capable is a very very empowering thing for us as as women sometimes. Have. Even though yes, I'm very happy to let somebody else do a lot of my fights, but sometimes I want to be able to do it myself. So I, I, I when I saw this, I was just like, this is so crazy. It takes it turns the whole story upside down because when you read it, you kind of think it happened like in three days, you know. But if you think practically speaking, that it can't possibly happen, and then you have the Seder Dair Zalem that tells us, no, they were there for three months, there's another place that says they were there for six months, but either way, there was enough time for them to build up all this wealth and this whole story, and then uh, to, to end up, to, to leave with it. Um, Zahab, you had a question. Um, does the Zomer get that he saw angels when it says that Avram looked at Sarah and said she was beautiful? Like, maybe it's in there? That maybe, I don't know. I don't want to make up an answer. I'm not so proficient in Zohar. I only know what the Zohar is. I, like, I was I just see thinking, it. like, where would they get But that makes like, sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. I, I, I like it. I just don't know if it's actually true. Yeah. But it sounds, it's a good measure. I would buy that. <laughs> but Sarah, Sarah is really his niece. Because that was ter- yeah. terrible. Sarah is his... His niece. Right. right. So it, his... Genealogically, he, she's his niece. So, so the, the Chumash talks about that. In different commentaries talk about that. In certain... certain um, in certain communities, in certain communities or cultures, kids call their grandfather father. Mm. Okay. Right? Do you ever see people who their grandfathers call Papa? Huh? Yes. huh? Yes. Right? So, right? So that there is a way where we could say that, you know, there's some kind of sister kind of thing where he isn't 100%, you know, uh, okay. I just not being that truthful. That has to do with how the plagues came in when she was with Pharaoh, like when all the things started happening when she right. was with Pharaoh, if it was because of, it was a uh, generational um, mishap from Abraham marrying no. Sarah who was his niece and not it was still connected because it was Tarah's daughter, no? No, oh, granddaughter. Granddaughter, right. She's Tarah's granddaughter. Yeah, it's his daughter. niece. Right, he's, right. he's a niece. It's not a, it, he had, there was no problem with him marrying her. With, oh, okay. with him marrying her. Also, remember that they're pre-signing and the rules are slightly different then. Oh, right, right, right. The rules are slightly different. But even today, um, a niece, halakhically, I'm not talking about 
uh, genetically. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about gen- genetically or anything, but a niece right. could, halakhically, a niece can marry an uncle, but a nephew can't marry an aunt. Halakhically. Okay. So it's, there's nothing halakhically wrong with that. The question of how does he say that she's his sister when he's his niece? So then, that, so then they rely on the thing, like, as his niece, she would have called his father Papa, so they're sort of like that kind of, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of, that kind of uh, sister. Okay. Okay, well, clearly, he, even if she was his niece, her bigger claim is that she was his wife. Let's let's be honest over here. Um, you had a question or a comment? I had a comment. She's also saying in the last class that it like used to be like socially normal or something. If like a girl was left alone for protection reasons, it was common that the uncle would marry his niece to See, protect her. More That's what she said. Yeah, I mean, like if the dad or something that maybe I don't know, like. Well, her, her father was killed. Yeah, she and Lo so were brother and sister, which is maybe another reason why Lo comes along with Marty. She's like, Hello, you're not taking my brother with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, the Seder. So, 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 and then they leave. And then they leave. Um, and there's some, uh, I want to just go, I, I want to actually, I know that there's a lot of parts of this parcel that you covered, so we're not going to go over there. Um, I want to just, I was like, for sure, I'm going to remember where this is because I'm going to mark it down. As I was doing Kodesh, I said I want to, I want to share this. Um, um, no, I don't know where it. Okay, my fingers. Well, give me one second to find it because I was like, for sure, I'm going to, I'm going to remember, and I didn't remember. So that was, that, okay, I wanted to say this, another very interesting thing that I wanted to say, one last thing about Aham and Sarah, because it's going to actually come up again for next week's Torah portion. Um, if we go back to the Hasidic space, that Avraham is the soul and Sarah is the body, then one of the things that is very powerful, then back to the, the journey of the soul down here, is that the soul itself has no way to get into the into the Pharaoh's house. Take it out of Avram and Sarah for a second. The soul has no way to get there. But the body has a way to get to very dark places. But when it stays connected to the soul, it can go in there and come out in peace. And that's really when we're talking about, you know, where our life sort of takes us that our body that in, that, that oh I'm losing my English, our body that houses our soul um, can go places that the soul is not capable of going on its own. It, it it can't it can't physically get there. But our body can go places, and as long as the body remembers that I am connected to the soul, we can go into places and elevate them, um, and then the soul also gets benefit. It means when Avram says I'm going to benefit from it. If you take out Avram the person and look at Avram the soul, well, what does Avram the soul need from the body? What benefit is it going to get for the body? Yeah, it's going to be that marriage between the body and the soul where the soul is going to go into, the, sorry, where the body is going to go into 
Pharaoh's palace and come out with great riches and then the soul, as we said before, goes back enriched, that's gonna happen between the two of them going together. Mm. So that was one thing I just wanted to like, I, I wanted to crystallize it for a second. Um, one place where the body helps the soul. And I wanna finish with, okay, in the beginning when Hashem promises Adam that I'm, you, you will be a bracha, there's all kinds of conversation, what does it mean that you're gonna be a bracha? Going backwards a little bit to chapter 12, verse two. So Rashi says, I'm gonna bless you with money. I'm skipping the, I'm skipping the first Rashi. And it says, bracha, you'll be a bracha. So it says, first of all, you're going to be given the power of blessing. From till now, I was the one who gave the blessing. But from now, you could give a blessing to whoever you want to give a blessing to. Another thing is that I'm going to make you... Um, another thing is that, that we know that in the Amidah, the first bracha that we have is, if anybody wants to open up their sitter, the first bracha we have, we say, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Right? And how and here Rashi says, um, how do we finish the bracha? Do we say, Blessed are you, God of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? No. What do we say? Anybody remember that bracha? Baruch Hashem. You have a sitter right in front of you. Yeah. Which, which, which the bracha? first bracha in Shemin Magain Avraham. Right? We say, God of Abraham, right? We say, we say, blessed are you, Magen Avraham, the shield of Abraham. So Rashi says that this bracha of the, this bracha of the actual bracha of the, what's called the bracha of the avot of the, of the forefathers, were in our Amida. We say, okay, Avraham, okay, okay, Yaakov. Then how is it going to get signed off? How do you close the bracha? We only call it with, we only say with Avraham's name. Say Magen Avraham. And I forgot one of the Hasidic Shurebis said that if you look at history, um, there was a time, we know that each of, the, each of the patriarchs represents a different Mida, a different, a different uh, character trait, and Aram is Chesed, and Yitzchak is Gevura, and Yaakov is this, this, this Tiferis, this compassion, this, 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 uh, this you know, this, this synthesis of that. And he says that in different parts of history, different emotions or different character traits were needed on behalf of the Jewish people. And he says, but at the end of time, when we come close to the time of Mashiach, there's only one character trait that we will need for all of us. And that is Magin Avram, this trait of kindness, this trait of love, this trait of Avraham not discriminating who he is good to and who he's kind to. Um, that is the, the bracha of sort of like where we are now. I don't say end of days because that sounds like not Jewish. But as we stand on the, on the threshold of Mashiach, this is a time where Magin Avram, we see more and more that that reality of coming to a place of kindness, of looking at ourselves kindly, of looking at other people kindly, is something that the world, such a healing thing that we need to bring into the world. It's not a question of you do deserve it, you don't deserve it. It's a place of, uh, of so much, of so much of a place of healing. And that's why we say we sign off we sign off with Avram at the end of time, at the end of our history, as we're getting right, really close to Mashiach, that's the media that we really need to have um, in great, in great, so much. Um, we skipped the war with the kings, we skipped, there's a lot of things we didn't talk about. So a lot of things we didn't talk about, I want, I want, I want to just say. 
I mean, one, one hour per person. <laughs> right, right. No. <laughs> um, and, and the last, and I do want to, and this I'm going to just say because we're going to do it for next week, it's going to sort of time for next week, is at the end of this week's Parsha is when Avram and Yishmael are going to be born. No. They're born. They have a bris at the end of the Parsha. They're circumcised at the end of the Parsha. Um, and in between, just want to throw this out there. One of the things, one of the treasures that came back from Egypt with Avram and Sarah, anybody know? It was Hagar. Hagar. Hagar was actually a princess in, in, uh, in Paro's house, and she said, I would rather be a maidservant by Avram than be a princess over here in Egypt. And and we have the, one of the things that we totally skipped over is this whole place of Sarah chasing Hagar away, and Yishmael uh, chasing Hagar. She has she sees an angel. And she says, "Go back." This is a very spiritual person. She's able to see angels. We don't see angels. It's a good thing we don't see angels, by the way. Um, but the end of our parsha is when when uh, Yishmael and Avon have their circumcision, um, and and that's going to be a lead into our next week's parsha. So I want to give us all a bracha. First of all, on Rachel Emanuel's yard site, that we really, we just see it. We just see the promise that Hashem gave her, that it should be true, that all the children should come back, um, and that we should, as we start our, as we continue, we don't start, as we're continuing our journey uh, to finding ourselves as it is reflected in the shadow of Hashem, which is really what Lech Lecha is all about, which we discussed before, um, that we know a how incredibly powerful we are we know how much potential we have and that we aren't scared from doing the things that we need to do um and we should also we should sign off with chesed we should always be doing things that are coming from a place of kindness and love both to ourselves to the people around us and we should have a week where we see hashem's kindness shower on us in the most revealed beautiful way that we don't have to question what is it. We should just be able to say this is kindness from Hashem that we can appreciate it and we're ready to like dance to the dance to the ghoul already. Have a great job. Amen. Thank you.